0: Thank you so much for joining us on Super Bracket Bros. My name is Jay, your host and your personal bracketologist, and as always, sitting across from me, I am joined by my co-host and your foresight, seeing into the future, boy, Elias Stokes. How you doing today, Eli?
1: Pretty good. I just, uh, I, <laughs> I shouldn't say good. I just, <laughs> okay, Jay. I, I took a huge bump of spice on my desk, and now uh, mm. I've saw, I've seen all of entirety fold in on itself. And it's lasted longer than 30 minutes, so I'm thinking about calling a doctor.
0: So, okay, let me just uh, <laughs> l- let me just take a step back here. So what is it? all of reality folded in on itself? Yep. Yeah. What is that what does that consist of?
1: Oh, you know, the, I, I see I see the present, I see the future in the past, and it's all collapsing on one another, and uh, I notice I turn into a giant sandworm being that conquers the galaxy. Hmm. So
0: And you called your doctor for this, I think?
1: (laughs) Well, I just... I don't know. They said if the symptoms last longer than half hour, I should call somebody. So,
0: (laughs) You know, I would really like to get in touch with the pharmacist that got you that spicy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This is Super Bracket Bros. This is the podcast where we take 32 fictional characters, put them in a tournament against each other to see just who is the best of the best. And today... We are talking to future reading two very interesting characters. We are talking Paul Atreides as the five seed from Dune going up against Sir Eye, our four seed from My Hero Academia. And we are not alone. We are joined by a guest today. Today's guest comes from the Anime Out of Context podcast. Now, what they do over there is honestly one of the best concepts for a podcast i've ever seen our our guest today is the anime expert and his co-host is not the anime expert (laughs) yet every single time they come into an episode together they pick out an anime they watch it together and review it and hilarity ensues you know from a a weeb to a total opposite you know it's a, a absolutely a great idea and i've already learned about some shows that i need to get on top of right now but without further ado please welcome sean to the show how you doing today sean
2: i am doing fantastic and i believe remington's preferred title is anti-weeb
0: anti-weeb okay, <laughs> Which okay.
2: has a, a few concerning notions to it but it definitely summarizes what he does on our show But either way, thank you very much for inviting me.
0: Yeah, of course. You know, I was so happy to hear back from you when I invited you on the show. And I knew this was going to be the perfect one. You know, this mind-bending, crazy matchup that we have today. You know, I knew we needed a good anime expert, you know, because shockingly... There are far fewer Dune experts out there that I think would be a good fit for the show, so I think I think you are going to make a, a fantastic fit here today.
2: Oh man! Here I was just thinking about doing my very own Dune exclusive podcast. <laughs> in all honesty, all I could think that would happen would be just me talking about Dune, which I haven't read in ten years, and maybe doing some light cocaine.
1: I was about to say all those other all the other podcasts are doing spice, which the, you know, they in quotation marks, spice.
0: <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
2: Don't do drugs, kids. They're bad for you.
0: So, Sean, what I like to ask new guests on the show, just so because our show is all about talking about characters from all different mediums. And so I want to ask you, just so our audience has a chance to get to know you a little bit, do you have a favorite fictional character of all time?
2: Oh, too many. Too many (laughs) is the answer. The, The problem with consuming as much media as I do is... I have a severe love and adoration for a huge variety of characters. Uh, but ones that come to mind off the top of the brain would probably be one that affected me a lot when I was younger would probably be Kamina from Gurren Lagann.
1: Uh, oh, yeah.
2: Super powerhouse, total Chad, Shonen superstar. A great inspiration to the other main character in the series, Simone. And that whole anime inspired a lot of hope uh, to me as a, a younger lad. While he may not be a super deep character in and of himself, I feel like what Kamina represents in manly spirit and uh, believing in yourself is a, a probably a really good trait to withhold in yourself uh, as a human being. But aside from badass shonen protagonists, oh god, I, I could talk for hours about it, like... there's just so many good characters out there that are so fun to talk about but Narrowing it down just makes me feel bad for all the ones I'm leaving out. (laughs) Like, no, 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 don't go. I still love you. You're still my friends,
0: hopefully. You know, when you go back and you watch your favorite movie again, they're not going to like look at you and your soul from through the screen and be like, I know you didn't pick me, Sean.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, the waifus will hate me. What am I going to (laughs) do? I'm going to be forever alone again. (laughs)
0: Honestly, I mean, me and Eli, we're on episode 70 something here and I'm starting to get that a a little bit, you know, like we we talk about all these different characters and we get so involved in all of them, you know, not just talking about their powers and things like that, but who they are. And so I would imagine, I think you guys are what, over 150 different animes that you've probably talked about at this point.
2: Yeah, I believe we're dropping hundred fifty-three at the time of this recording. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I could be wrong, but we are, we've we've done a lot, we've seen a lot, and man, spirits have been crushed on all sides multiple times. It's <laughs> quite the it's quite
0: fun. <laughs> So how today's episode is going to break down is we are going to be talking about who these characters are that's going to take up the bulk of the first half of this episode where they came from who made them things like that and then the back half is going to be the fight is going to be who would win we're going to talk about who would win between Sir Knight I and Paul Atreides so Sean you are here as a guest as an expert on My Hero Academia, so let's start with Sir Nighteye. I'm curious, you have obviously an anime podcast. What is your connection to My Hero Academia? Are you a manga reader? You know, what, what is that relationship like? Am I a manga reader? Well, <laughs> Sorry, I should, that was probably a silly question.
2: <laughs> no, no, it's a completely valid question. There are a lot of content creators out there who are purely anime only and more power to them. But I'm definitely the type of person, uh, once I catch up on a series and there's not going to be a new episode for a while, the first thing I'm going to do when it's an anime is immediately jump into the manga. And I've probably been reading week to week on My Hero Academia since 2018, I want to say. And it's been a long ride, and I'm enjoying it, and things are getting wild currently. (laughs) to keep things simple and straightforward uh but no i love hero academia it is it is a good old fashioned shonen romp but without any of the major issues of old school shonen it's well paced it's well uh animated it's well written the characters are all fascinating and well designed i as a bit of shonen trash as i like to call myself it is it is just a treat every time i get to read a new chapter of it
0: yeah, I know Eli here is a manga reader as well, and I haven't uh I haven't dipped in there yet because like my hero academia is pretty much one of two three animes I've consumed so far, which admittedly for a podcast about fictional characters fighting each other is a very low amount. <laughs> Eli might be able to speak to it more, but he has also referenced that uh the manga is getting a little crazy right now. Oh, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. <laughs> see, that's what he does to me every time, which is fine. I don't want to know, but yet it still hurts every time he says it. And it's like, oh, I'm just gonna leave it at that. And they're like, oh, you. S- uh. What you don't see
1: in this podcast format is me, literally shaking from not telling Jay all the cool stuff that's happening. That i you're need just to- <laughs> holding.
2: You're holding in the spoilers because you understand the creed of yeah. not not ruining things for others. It's it's a hard creed to uphold, but.
1: I cannot be the guy, you know, that no. one guy. <laughs>
2: no, no, no. We are the paladins of weebdom, and we shall maintain our position. <laughs> that's,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's my new moniker for this podcast, Jay. Not the assistant bracketologist.
0: I'll keep that in mind. I, I, I'll, I'll make sure that that goes on your next name tag when we get new name tags this quarter, okay? <laughs> All
2: right. <laughs> Deus Volt, my brother. <laughs>
0: So to take a step back, I just want to give our listeners a little bit of an idea about who Sir Night is if they haven't seen My Hero Academia. Sir Night a.k.a. Mirai Sasaki, appears during the fourth season of My Hero Academia. He has his own hero agency. He's a pro hero, but he plays an integral role during that arc where Overhaul is the villain of the anime and the manga. He's a mentor to a previous character that we talked about on the show, Lamillion. You'll almost always find him in his gray suit, you know, his rather, you know, just bland, not very distinctive looking. You know, he has his green hair, but I mean, that's, I mean, that's anime, that's, that's shonen, so that's not too distinguishing. But the most important thing that you need to know about him is his quirk called Foresight, which under a very particular set of circumstances allows him to view a person's future, and be able to predict exactly what they are going to do as with all characters from my hero he was created by kohei horikoshi fun fact about the inspiration of his hero name night eye was previously a sidekick of all might another character we've talked about on this show and he's a sidekick that evolved to be his own hero and the speculation is that his hero name sir night eye is inspired by dick grayson who donned the moniker Nightwing after leaving Batman behind from the DC comics.
2: Huh. Night Eye, Nightwing, it works.
0: He was voiced by Brandon McGinnis in the English dub and Shin Ichiro Miki in the original. Uh, Miki is known for his smooth voice, and his most recognizable role may very well be James from the original version of the Pokemon anime. He was also voiced several of the Pokemon, including Staryu, Charizard, and Zubat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why I find that so entertaining. <laughs> like, hey, we're gonna have you
1: play this character, but also these creatures.
0: <laughs> could you could you imagine being brought into voice? I mean, I I mean, I guess it probably wouldn't be that strange. Coming into <laughs> coming into to voice an anime, and you're like you're you know you're this character. He's a bad guy, but also kind of funny. And then also, can you be these creatures on the very first Pokemon anime where no one actually knows what Pokemon is?
2: <laughs> Look, man. Uh, speaking from the perspective of, of an actor, I would say that those roles would be my favorite because <laughs> how ham could you go as a Pokemon VA? You're only allowed to say one thing over and over again. But the amount of <laughs> ways you could say it, my God, there's got to be some great Zubat takes out there. I just want to see them. I want to hear them. I want to love them.
1: So I'm curious. Do you think the contract explicitly stated he would do these roles? Or was he like, I will do this part, but I need to yell, star you.
2: <laughs> I feel like that'd be my first priority, honestly. I mean, yeah, the talking <laughs> character's fine and all. But the chance to yell your own name into a microphone, come on come on <laughs> come on <laughs> why do you think I have a podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs> to hop over to the English voice actor Brandon mcginnis well it's a name we've mentioned before as he is engaged to J michael Tatum the voice actor for Ti Ida who moved on to the second round earlier this season uh McInnes has also portrayed Jen and dr stone and finral in black clover amongst many 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 other dubs but I want to focus in on Sir Night Eye here. So, Eli, if you want to start us off, what is your, you know, what, what did you think of Sir Night Eye when you first saw him in the in the manga or the anime? So, I love Sir Night Eye for how he's such a great
1: contrast to a lot of the cast of My Hero Academia. Uh, this show is all about these, you know, spunky youths being told to go beyond your limits and go plus ultra. And Deku sort of embodies that. And it's so funny seeing him face off against a character like Sir Nighteye, who is such, like, a bureaucratic, stone-faced, like unreadable persona that just kind of like heat checks Deku. <laughs> I loved him. I loved him for that reason. And also he sort of represents a sort of antagonistic force kind of for Deku where, you know, like you said, uh, Sir Naidai was the sidekick of All Might and you couldn't think of two more opposite characters. All Might is a symbol of peace and justice. He always keeps a smile on his face, whereas Naidai is a little more pragmatic, a little more serious, a little more dour. Like, I love, I love his inclusion for... Making Deku see like two sides of the heroic spectrum, sort of the 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 pomp and circumstance uh, that you need to present yourself with, but also sort of the cold and calculating nature the profession offers. I love that Horikoshi sort of uses him as an analog to like the Japanese salaryman persona, and sort of like his foresight is almost part of the like defeatist nature that I. That A lot of Japanese salarymen face like, oh, this is my eternity. I will live like this forever and sort of reverse like mentorship that Deku leaves Niedei with. I really like that arc. So Niedei doesn't appear a whole lot in this series, but the time he's in is just so that's one of my favorite parts of the entire series is with this character.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely on the same page. The impact that he has on Deku, and obviously, you know, the huge impact he has on Lamillion, I think is really is really interesting. Like you said, it's just the total opposite of everything that we've seen so far, you know. And to know that he was the sidekick of All Might is almost ridiculous at first, but then you know it makes sense. You know, he he's the guy that you know was able to keep things in check, and the fact that like he loves humor like he loves laughing is <laughs> you know so yeah sir night I like fit a very specific role and he and he filled it to the max you know uh, sir night Eye is, is fantastic but Sean I'm sort of wondering if you could tell us what was your reaction during overhaul and sir night Eye's fight
2: well let's see here Gonna
0: <laughs> unpack this
1: yeah no like
2: Because, as you guys were saying, Night Eye is very clearly uh, the antithesis of uh, All Might, who Deku idolizes, and the exact kind of mentor that Deku needed in that particular moment. Uh, So, seeing him, uh, a hero with essentially a very utility-based power, uh, fighting a villain with a power that is, quite frankly, broken beyond belief, (laughs) is quite the uh, ordeal in and of itself. And once you mix that with his future site, which as is typical with the future site trope that, you know, Oh my God, uh, I can see the future and it never uh, has failed to come true. Witnessing this epic battle between a, essentially just a really ripped salary man and a <laughs> eldritch horror. Is, <laughs> it, it, it is peak shown entertainment. And when it leads to, uh, the ultimate conclusion and, uh, the uh end of night eyes interaction in the main story i feel like it's a very good learning and growing experience for deku because it'll be it's the first time he's ever directly had to deal with something as heavy as uh he is actually what i would say the first major character death in the series because while he's only been in the series for a short period of time uh he is the only character death that poor deku has had to deal with which is a a monumental shift in what uh it means as a uh, character for Deku
1: and not just Deku but we're talking about Mirio uh Lemillion as well because they were both mentees to Nighteye's mentorship and you know like I said earlier Nighteye was sort of the the introduction to the heroes to the real world almost like the the raid wasn't some practice that they got to go through it was like a no, this is like Yakuza. These are actual crime bosses. This is actual like death that we have to deal with. So I, I think, yeah, I think his death, you know, it hit me pretty hard just for, like you said, Sean. He was in the, he was in the, um, the show for such a little bit, but his impact was so profound. I think that just speaks to how well of a character he was written and Horikoshi's you know how smart he was to include him in the story that way
2: not to mention having an overpowered thing like seeing into the future had to be written out really quickly
1: Uh, okay (laughs) we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about overpowered overpowered like yeah the the foresight's pretty dope but like he's got those stamps like real i think those are carrying him if i'm being honest (laughs)
2: look man once he unbuttoned that shirt and you saw how ripped he was I I had a little bit of a ooh mister night eye sir
0: <laughs> I I will say that is the most convenient rip I've ever seen in a <laughs> suit <and> jacket <laughs> <laughs> ever it's absolutely unfathomable i was like I,
1: I remember reading that page and my jaw dropped i was like oh what he can see the future that's cool but he's just a, like an accountant what can he do and then he, <laughs> he throws he just bullet <laughs> like snipes twice with a stamp and gets shredded i was like oh Alright, I see you. <laughs> this this is the side I this is the sidekick of all might, I see.
2: <laughs> ah, you could grind cheese on those abs. I can't wait. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but for nothing else, other than making Mirio cry is the worst thing that might have ever happened to me, period. <laughs> 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 is seeing seeing my sweet boy, my precious, precious boy, <laughs> just be so sad. And I was like, I felt it. I felt it. Yeah, him
2: losing his powers was nothing in comparison to Nighteye uh, getting the big stab <laughs> the
0: big stab <laughs> the, 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 the big stab led to the big sad Eli <laughs> oh man poor Nighteye we're just laughing at his expense I'm sorry <laughs> we're laughing to
2: mask the pain Jay this
1: is how we deal with it
2: it's okay he's dead he doesn't care <laughs> He's pretty- he loved humor, after all. I, I think he would want us to have some humor in relation to him. Interesting. You want to do a work study here because you think that doing so will make you stronger. Once I stamp this document, you'll officially be contracted with my agency for a work study. If you want to work as a hero under my guidance, then stamp that contract yourself. Three minutes. You have three minutes to try and take this seal from me. I'll take no offensive measures during this time, and you're welcome to attack me in any manner you desire. An approach from the front, but it's merely a faint and a failed grab. And then another jump attack to no avail. I can see everything. One minute passes. He backs up briefly and appears nervous. Finally, understanding that he can't overcome my foresight,
0: Sir Knight. Hopefully, that gives you a good idea of who Sir Knight Eye is. But we'll get more into that foresight in just a little bit. So let's talk about Paul Atreides. So, Eli, we'll start with you. Tell tell me what was your experience reading Dune like? As you, I've just finished the book. Yeah, I I literally finished it like today
1: before recording so oh, dang. <laughs> yeah it's all fresh in my mind i i kept i kept putting it off because i was like oh i have plenty of time to read it and then i was like oh shit it's this week it's
2: a big book mate it's a big book <laughs> in a series of books
1: it is a chonky like chunky beat of science fiction but uh so i i picked up dune because the movie was coming out and i was like i really want to read dune because i know it's one of the pillars of the science fiction genre and you know i've seen like a, lo- a lot of my f- other favorite like science fiction media, like I, I, I think of the Thresher Maws from Mass Effect. It's like, oh, those are sandworms from Dune. So I really wanted to read it as a sort of foundational material, and I picked it up and I really couldn't get into it the first go around. I got through a hundred pages, but it it felt so above like like over my head that I couldn't get into it. So I lent it to you, Jay, and you finished it and really liked it. So I was like, all right, I got to read this now. <laughs> so and, <laughs> and and I will say. I really enjoyed the book, even though still a lot of it went over my head. But the character of Paul was sort of the reason why I kept reading. My favorite parts in the book were specifically tailored to him, like, and his trials going kind of from this, like, prince, uh, uh, the son of the duke going to inherit this noble family to, like, cast out into the sands with all the Fremen, and just watching him sort of rise from nothing and join in with this tribe of uh, sand-dwelling spice you know (laughs) hoarders was it was just so interesting and the character himself is so fascinating and I, i still think dune is like way above my head but i had a lot of fun reading it like like paul might be the protagonist of the series but the the main character is dune it's the planet of arrakis and seeing paul interact with the planet is by far and away my favorite parts of the book i i'm very thankful for getting to read it for at the very least knowing like Where every other science fiction thing comes from, in a sense.
2: Gotta love that sexy, sexy world building.
1: Oh, (laughs) that's it's some deep, some good, thick world building in that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: when I when I I will tell you when I approached to read the book, uh, well a while ago back in college, uh, you know that was a few years ago. My roommate had had a copy, and I just looked at it. And I thumbed my way through it. And then I saw in the back there was an index, there was a dictionary of terms. (laughs) And I was like, no, absolutely not. (laughs) I'm not reading a book that I have to go back to the back of the book and reference things that I don't understand. But reading it, you know, I mean, a couple months ago, maybe when Eli let me the book, I just dove into it. I didn't understand things and I just kept reading them until the. Everything until I did understand them. <laughs> I really enjoyed reading the book and I'm glad that I have it. I'm really glad I read it before, you know, the upcoming movie, which I'm really looking forward to. But Sean, you said you read the book quite a while ago, but do you remember your impressions of the book?
2: Oh man. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, we we just talked about how dense everything is. Uh and being a big uh sci-fi and fantasy geek back in the day, uh it, about 10 years ago is when I read Dune. Uh, should I have read it again for this show? Probably. But, you know, I, I figured if I leaned heavy on the anime side of things, maybe people wouldn't notice how little I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but what I do remember is that Arrakis is, is such a fascinating world and planet. And I think you hit the nail on the head when it said that, yes, we follow Paul throughout the whole thing, but... Really, we just kind of want to hear more about this world and the politics and the nature of Spice itself and the deep, deep lore that you have to kind of power through. I'm the type of person who would read the Cimmerillion if that Uh. puts any context into (laughs) it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. (laughs) So yeah, so a little a little uh, glossary at the back of the book actually excites me a little bit. I'm just like, ooh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> maps, I, I'm
2: getting some fancy <laughs> words.
0: No, but that I always like to. You know, we usually bring guests on as an expert on one character, but I like to get a frame of reference of where we are all at as far as both characters go. But you know, you know, and I mean, I did email you a week ago to be on this show, so I had no expectations. <laughs> just so you know that you were gonna read Dune in a week.
2: <laughs> I could do it. Give me twenty. 20- Twenty-four hours I'll power through that sucker it's only like what 500 600 pages or something like that that's fine I can handle it
0: <laughs> all right so we're gonna call rap on the show right now we'll come back <laughs> tomorrow same time
2: I might be attached to a life support machine but I feel <laughs> like in the end it will have been worth it it will have been uh, <laughs> who needs who needs life when you can have good solid sci-fi that's what I like to say. Life may need things to live, but I just need sci-fi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Getting a lot of great nicknames and mottos on this episode, I'm liking it. You know, uh, we are gonna have to we're gonna have to pay
1: Sean so many royalties. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: that that that's a Sean original. You can have you can have that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for those who haven't read Dude, which I don't blame you, it's it's an intense book. So I just want to talk about who Paul is. Paul is, as we've mentioned, the main protagonist of Dune, a novel by Frank Herbert, and the novel came out in 1965. is really one of the perennial science fiction books, some claiming it to be the greatest of all time. The book surrounds Paul as he, to put it in really narrow terms, this is like just scraping the surface. He navigates a war on his family. He turns into a messiah. He is the chosen one. And those are two separate things. (laughs) 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 He survives multiple assassination attempts, several duels to the death, all on the planet of Arrakis, the planet of Dune, which is the most valuable planet in the known universe and the most inhospitable planet in the entire universe. So all of those things combined for such an interesting journey that Paul goes on.
2: Eat your heart out, Tatooine.
0: Tatooine is this like level like one area, and Arrakis (laughs) is a level ninety nine. Dune is a series of books actually, which I didn't know until you know I had the book in my hand, and you know on the back of the on the back of the book it was like here, read the rest of the series, and I was like oh hey. But there are several other books, including Dune Messiah in nineteen sixty nine, Children of Dune in nineteen seventy six. God Emperor of Dune in 1981, Heretics of Dune in 1984, and Chapter House colon Dune in 1985. Herbert has published dozens of other works, including short fiction collections, standalone novels, and other series, including the Consentency series and the Pandora sequence. Nearly all of his work surrounds ideas of ecological preservation, questioning government and leaders, and the relationship between religion, politics, and power. So. The small stuff, the the you know the, the easy stuff. <laughs> Herbert, when discussing Paul directly, I said the character was not necessarily a hero nor a villain in the traditional sense. In the time of comic book superheroes in the 60s, Herbert wanted a protagonist that wasn't simply gifted with his power one day, but rather he earned it. When I mentioned earlier that Herbert wrote about questioning leadership... Paul becomes a leader in the book and he's not exempt from that theme. It's definitely, you know, hearing Herbert talk about that aspect of it definitely put a new light on the book that I hadn't thought about before. So, you know, Herbert's really a, an interesting guy to look into, but the book has been adapted to the silver screen. Uh, once before in 1984, movie that was directed by David Lynch. In that movie, Paul was portrayed by Kyle MacLachlan. MacLachlan can also be recognized from Twin Peaks, where he won the Golden Globe Award for Best Actor in a Television Series Drama. Of course, as we've mentioned, the movie is being recreated for Silver Screens once again this year in 2021. Uh, it'll be featuring Timothy Chalamet as Paul. Chalamet is obviously a huge name in Hollywood that you almost certainly recognize, but you will also see him in Call Me By Your Name, Lady Bird, Beautiful Boy, The King, and Little Women. And he's fantastic in all of them. So I I cannot wait to see him in 2021 Dune. See, my question is, is
2: how did he get in those little women? They're so small. (laughs) Boom! (laughs) High quality comedy podcast. Hey,
0: (laughs) this is why this is why he makes the big bucks. You know, he's a comedy guy. Hey,
2: professional funny man here.
0: (laughs) I'm so sad. I feel like it's a prerequisite to being funny. So, (laughs) yeah, I get it. So, I'm curious. Have either of you seen that David Lynch 1984 movie? Yes. I have not, so I'm very interested in hearing Sean's take on it. It is an experience. (laughs) A lot of good, a lot of bad. That's the gist of what I've heard. I started to watch it, and almost immediately it went off the rails for me. (laughs) Eh. A diet dune, if you will. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that that is that is a great way of putting it. And so, yeah, the 1984 movie is such a strange anomaly, but I I I'm very much looking forward to the 2021 movie and I'm sort of curious, you know, let's start with Sean, are you looking forward to the 2021 movie? Uh as someone who hasn't gone to a
2: theater in a year because of external reasons that we all have to deal with (laughs) i am really looking forward to a really solid well-done sci-fi movie and i am praying to all that is holy uh to the spice that flows that it is really really good because if it's not i'm i may cry i'll be honest i at least (laughs) want it to be better than the 1984 version which would not be super hard but you know, with a lot of remakes I've seen in recent years, it wouldn't surprise me if it had a bad time, but I'm hoping it has it does well cuz I want more high-octane, really solid sci-fi films in my life.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too is I would really love for this movie to be good. I don't I'm not a huge fan of Denis Villeneuve because i think the only thing i've ever actually watched is blade runner 2049 and i kind of couldn't stand that movie but i really like the trailer for dune and so i have (laughs) some hope but um yeah i i'm hoping i'm i just want the movie to make sense unlike blade (laughs) runner or unlike the 1984 version (laughs) i guess i guess that's that probably doesn't bode super well for me then
1: you guys are setting the lowest bar for-
2: <laughs> it's not all about leaping the tallest skyscraper it's about not tripping on a bar and falling on your face that's what we're trying to go for here
0: <laughs> eli is that too much to ask is, is that is that really too much to ask in 2021 Look, Jay, let's
1: be honest. The main thing you're looking forward to in the in the new Doom movie is Jason Momoa as the Duncan Idaho.
0: I mean, yes, absolutely. I will wholeheartedly <laughs> admit to wanting to see Jason Momoa. That
1: whole movie could be a dumpster fire. But if Jason Momoa does well, you'd be like, you know, that was a good time. <laughs> Jason Momoa does
0: well in just about everything he does.
1: <laughs> this is This is very true. And he's so pretty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Probably gonna be my favorite movie of 2021 then. <laughs> There's something happening to me. There's something awakening in my mind. I can't control it.
2: What did you see?
0: There's a crusade coming.
2: You often dream things that happen just as you dream them.
0: Yes. The test is simple. Remove your hand from the box and you die. What's well, in the box? Pain. So hopefully we gave you a good idea of who Paul is. We're going to talk about a little bit more about his powers in just a second here, but... Shall we get into the fight, boys? Let's do it. Absolutely. So this is a fight to incapacitation, whether it be death trapping, unconsciousness, or forcible battlefield removal. It's important to note that we take these characters as they are, morals, ethics, and everything included, except for one thing, we are going to make them fight. So there is no negotiating out of this. There is no finding a way out of this fight. They, We are implanting a reason that they would fight each other. And it's important to note, in a given location, they start face to face to each other so they know they are getting into a fight but that location is another important part of Super Bracket Bros we have 100 random locations that we've been picking from all season long and let's roll to see where we are headed today well speaking of perennial science fiction genres boys have either of you heard of a a little series called Star Wars um (laughs) I'm trying, don't tell me, don't tell me.
2: Uh, Captain Picard is in it, right?
0: <laughs> Great job, Sean. I I knew I brought you on here for a reason. We are headed to the Jedi Temple on Coruscant from the Star Wars universe for today's fight. Oh God, and I made that joke about Tatooine earlier. Do
2: I have foresight?
1: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> now, not Jay, I I like to imagine window dressing for a lot of our, you know, locations. Is this like in the middle of Order sixty <laughs> six, <And> just, <laughs> just a pure isolated fight as like carnage is going around, littered with dead children all around. Yeah, you want you want children being slaughtered in the background, you sicko. I had no mention of that. That was your words, not mine. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted innocent Jedi to die. <laughs> <It's>
0: like... <laughs> The Jedi weren't innocent. Did you not learn anything from Star Wars, Ethan? Oh, I'm sorry.
2: In my opinion, it's the Jedi who are evil.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, no. I've opened up a whole can of prequel memes on my god! Oh, (laughs) my God. Okay, do you think it's Star Wars? Like, if they did
1: the spice, they'd get, like, force, like uber force <laughs>
2: uber force are they gonna get a lift to a nearby planet is that what it's for <laughs> just
0: call, call the uber force to get from Coruscant to Tatooine <laughs> force teleportation
2: and why not I mean they pulled force healing out of their butts in the last film so might as well
1: right <laughs> do you have uber force no I have lift force aw oh, alright <laughs> that's
2: just normal force man <laughs>
0: Oh, man. But yeah, so Jedi Temple, this is where, you know, the council meetings go down. And just for a reference point, we are talking the city at midnight, even though it's a pretty well-lit temple, and there's going to be a thunderstorm raging outside for the perfect dressing, so it very well might be Order 66, Eli, I'm (laughs) I'm realizing. I can hear
2: Duel of Fates right now. It's playing in the back of my mind.
0: So we open on the Jedi Temple. We pull our fighters in. In through our magical Super Bracket Bros portals, they stare across the hallway at each other. How does this fight break off?
1: Okay, okay. Before we do anything, we gotta get the precognitive elephant in the room.
2: There's a future-seeing elephant in the room? My (laughs) god. How could we have not seen this coming? It's
1: just staring (laughs) off into space, and everyone's really concerned. (laughs) Well, I, okay, so you mentioned last week, Jay, that these characters are able to see into the future. So I think before we talk about anything, I think that is the first thing we should parse out and, like, make clear what what the rules are.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree, because both of them can see into the future, but under different circumstances. So, Eli, you read the book more recently than I did, and this is definitely me pawning this off on you. But how would you describe paul's ability to see into the future like like we mentioned (laughs) like he's kind of insinuated
1: frank herbert seemed to be a fan of we're totally projecting but it seems like he wouldn't be opposed to the whole psychedelia like you know (laughs) you know experience and so that's how i kind of take paul's like I i think paul's foresight is almost like a trip where i think he just experiences like the totality of the universe and so like he kind of susses out like oh this fight does happen <laughs> it's not it's not like you know a very like concrete step by step foresight i think it's more of like broad strokes if that makes sense
2: yeah if i remember correctly uh it's a very it's a very plot centric type of foresight where it's very sporadic when it actually activates and he has very minimal control over it if i remember correctly
0: i will say by the end of the book he has much greater mastery over it than he did, you know, throughout the book. So, you know, I think there, there's a certain amount of precognition here. It would, it, it's just, it's not perfect. It's not, uh, I wouldn't say it's as perfect as Sir Eye's foresight, I will say.
1: Yeah, I, and like, I think we should discuss Sir Eye. So in My Hero Academia, you know, the heroes have quirks, that's their powers, And Sir Nighteye, his quirk specifically is called foresight. And unlike Paul, who can sort of, his future sight uh, is sort of like, he can just see things. Sir Nighteye can tell the future of a specific person he touches. So there has to be physical contact. So whereas Paul will be able to see this fight um, sort of like, in, in abstract, Sir Nida is going to see this guy in this Jedi temple and be like, okay, I got to know what his deal is. So he needs to get close to touch him in order to see the future in regards to Paul.
0: Yeah, the foresight ability is interesting because of how detailed it is. But also, if, if I'm remembering correctly, maybe you can check me here, Sean, but he needs to be able to touch the person and... Look into their eyes at the same time.
2: Uh, I do. I do recall it being uh, touch and eye contact uh, is important, but I do not recall if it was specific at the exact same time. So he could do like a a, a slap on the cheeks and then stare lovingly into his into their eyes and have an idea of what goes on. Uh, mm. But it, it has been a minute since I've read that part, but I, I don't think it's super necessary. But if we even if we were to assume that it is. I don't think that's too much of an issue, honestly.
0: You, you don't think that would be an issue to get up in close and personal with Paul? So for most people, it probably
2: would be a problem. But I think the fact that Night Eye is specifically trained for close quarters combat and he has had to focus entirely on that because his quirk is very, you know, it, it's a one-note quirk right? It has one ability and only the one ability. So he uh, compensates for that by training his body immensely. And he's had years upon years of experience with combat. So you have to imagine that uh, as soon as he gets in close, all it takes is one good punch uh, while he's looking deep into the eyes and that'll, that'll probably solve it. Because like, that is one of the things about Hero Academia heroes is that the older they are, the more mastery over their own physical bodies they seem to have because of how long they've been doing it.
0: Yeah, that's something that we bring up a decent amount on this show in general is My Hero Academia, the heroes they all have excellent rogue galleries you know they all you know achieved being a pro hero we've seen the work that they go through via class 1a so you know all all that experience does mean something so you know i would definitely if if you're weighing experience i mean sir nighteyes you know maybe 30 ish i i i couldn't tell you but he's probably close to twice the age that paul is not that Paul exactly puts off sixteen-year-old boy vibes, though. <laughs>
2: yeah, he is thirty-eight, actually.
0: Thirty-eight. There you go. The ripe, the ripe age of thirty-eight. Okay, so if we're talking
1: about experience, like it's not just like a general experience we're talking about. Sir I was the sidekick to All Might, who is the greatest hero within the universe of My Hero Academia. So I think we can specifically like count not just like general experience, but like like he's seen like the worst. He's probably seen like fight uh villains like uh all for one you know so i think seeing this this 16 year old boy uh dressed in like <laughs> are, are we giving paul like the the suit the still suit <laughs>
0: That's what he's in most of the time, you know, for for a majority of the book, and certainly during the fight sequences that we see him in. So i i, w- I would think so. I mean, so, they make him look good in the trailer. So okay, so
1: so sir and I sees a guy cloaked in a still suit, holding a holding a blade made of worm tooth, and is like, okay, I've seen <laughs> I've seen weirder.
0: But I mean, you you bring up, I mean, you bring up the the Chris knife, the the blade made of worm tooth but i mean he does actually have a blade as opposed to sir night eye just i mean and he has the stamps and <laughs> the, the, whatever they're called they, I know they're not stamps but you know they make him punch harder uh, they are seals oh
2: yeah so they're basically stamps that's basically what they are but they're just a uh, official seals if i recall correctly
0: but he uses he does use them to to great effect to to punch people throw them most he throws them you know like a like a ninja's kunai you know like from from a distance away to, to stagger people so do we do we see paul's precognition being able to like one up sir Nighteye in, in any way you know to be able to like keep him off of him before he's able to get in close?
2: The way I see it, if you don't mind me uh, jumping in first, is that I feel like if he has the foresight to see it ahead of the battle, that would be quite the advantage. But the biggest difference, I think, between the two types of foresight is that Night Eyes is actively useful uh, in a fight, whereas um, Paul's is very much a, a preemptive thing and can be a bit confusing and not always as clear. So I feel like in terms of future sight being useful in combat, I, I think Night Eye has the edge
1: personally. And piggybacking off that, Sean, there are several instances I remember in the book where Paul thinks, like, oh, this isn't like how I viewed it in the um, in my vision. So like you said, it's it's more preemptive vision. So there's nothing to say that Paul would anticipate the first stamp. Or the first seal, however, everything after that could be different because maybe in the future he saw he got hit by a seal, and then that ruins the whole timeline whereas sir Nighteye, his he specifically states his foresight like
0: it happens no matter what he does so paul's equipped with this knife here, and i'm thinking about the main examples of when when we actually see Paul in a fight, and there's two main examples there's the end of the novel where he you know fights the the opposing family you know sort of their representative and there, there's a lot that goes into that fight where it talks about he's able to it's faint on faint on faint you know he's very adept at dodging and pretending to attack this way and that way and the other way and they, they go into great detail about you know that he, he's an extremely skilled fighter you know he's trained all his life to be able to do it, he's trained all his life to be a mentet, which is a human computer. You know, on top of his precognition ability. so you know he he's very proficient in a fight. And so, personally, I would say, you know, if you're taking away any powers based on what I've read from Dune, I would say Paul's probably a better fighter. See, I kind of want to rebuff.
1: I think I think Paul is an ex- excellent fighter, but I still like. Sir Naida has such experience uh, as a, you know, 38-year-old hero who's been around the block, and we see him fight Deku, like, he's not even fighting Deku, he's just toying with him against Deku, who's in his, like, 10% cowl, which I don't know, like, how you want to, like, law of, like, transference of power or whatever, but I think a 10% cowl Deku, power-wise, is probably greater than than Paul is, right? I mean, I wouldn't want to get hit by any level of um, uh, one
2: for all personally. That's my preference.
0: (laughs) But then again, I am very fragile. (laughs) As are most weaves. So, you know, it's understandable.
2: Mm, I see. I've been placed in a box. That's (laughs) it's It's a box I'm used to, so I'm comfortable here.
1: (laughs) Your little protective box.
2: (laughs) Nothing bad happens in the weeb box. Uh, here's my here's what i will say about uh combat ability i think paul is probably a fantastic fighter at his peak uh, much like sir Nighteye, but here's the thing that you have to consider paul uses a blade a weapon right sir Nighteye uses hand to hand and little itty bitty seals that fit in the palm of his hand and we witness him fighting freaking eldritch monstrosities At a fairly uh, competent level, and who knows how many sheer variety of strange quirks, distance quirks, uh, expanding quirks, elemental quirks that he's fought. Like, I just think that a guy with a sword seems almost comically simple in comparison to all of the weirder things he must have faced in the uh, Hero Aka universe.
0: And I'll rebuff that a little bit by saying that Paul... Survived Arrakis and rode a giant sandworm just to <laughs> prove he could. <laughs> and, and did he? Did he kill the sandworm? No. Did Sir Eye kill Overhaul? No. So you know, I think that should be something in consideration as well. <laughs> I, I lost it there. <laughs> um uh, I, I well the last thing i'll say is so is the jedi temple just nice, just a nice setting here or does it make any difference for either of these fighters
1: i think paul sort of looks around is like i vibe with this place i don't know why but i vibe with it <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a bit like one cleric visiting another cleric's temple isn't it <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's exactly. i i think for the setting isn't super relevant because one that it's a giant open uh, space building And two, it's partially designed for close quarters combat. So weirdly, I think it doesn't matter all that much. Like if uh, it was outside as well, maybe the weather would have an implement. But if I recall correctly, I think the Jedi Temple in Coruscant is
0: huge. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's it's super big. Yeah, absolutely. It the I don't see the weather becoming a factor here with how big this building is. So, but I mean, even if I wanted to pull out some garbage about it being a very force sensitive place, how does that affect? paul's precognition you know just
2: yeah. <laughs> that, that's the kind of theory crafting that's a little above my pay grade? i think i don't know how the force <laughs> affects the spice do force ghosts
1: show up in paul's vision and they're like oh shit wrong place sorry <laughs> Wait, is that is that a is that a
2: metal sword we're in the wrong place, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is some primitive shit right here. We can't deal with this.
1: This is a bit more hard
0: sci fi than we're used to.
2: <laughs> not even a vibro blade? Mm, not interested. <laughs>
0: So how we decide the winner here on Super Bracket Bros is each of us, all three, are gonna give an out of ten out of who we think would win this fight. And now the out of ten is just it's just to give a confidence level about who we think would win. Normally, if it's just me and Eli, we do the out of ten. So we have a tiebreaker just in case we disagree, but we have three. So whoever gets two out of three out of whole votes is gonna be the person moving on in the tournament to the second round. So Sean, you are a guest. Do you have a decision in mind? I think I
2: do. Yes.
0: <laughs> would you like to hear it? <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> oh, I, I can't just keep it to myself. <laughs> I mean, you could, and I could try to read your mind. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why don't you use foresight and uh, predict what I'm going to say? <laughs>
0: the, the power of editing. Jake could make that
1: so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say it right now. I think Nighteye wins on the hotness battle. Straight up. <laughs> so no matter what, Nighteye will have a win under his belt. <laughs> so honestly, if I had to, if I had to make a hard decision, I think I'm probably going to give it a seven out of ten to Nighteye, just because I think experience makes all the difference, and the sh- sheer amount of experience he has on top of the sh- pure usefulness of his uh, foresight uh, as an active part of the fight in comparison to Paul's inactive foresight makes me think that Nighteye just has the edge in the moment. Uh, The other three times I feel like uh, are solidly in uh, Paul's camp. Uh, If he makes a solid enough plan in advance, if the haze of the spice-fueled foresight gives him enough insight, uh, if he can figure out that he needs to... Deny deny uh, the conditions as much as as best as he can if he can use the environment in some way though we've already discussed how that's a bit of a outside factor I just think it heavily depends on how well Paul can plan things and I think three out of the ten times he's he is going to succeed in that plus the whole you know jesus chosen one thing definitely uh, is a factor <laughs> <laughs> but i just i just think i just think in a one-on-one fight night eye has the edge personally and that's not just my weeb brain talking i promise
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i i appreciate the impartiality during the decision making time so eli i will toss it over to you Do you have a decision in mind? Yeah. I'll admit I kind of slept on uh, Paul going into this fight. I
1: think reading Dune... Dune isn't necessarily a combat-focused series uh, as opposed to My Hero Academia. So I think that's why... I was leaning more towards, like, the hits from Nighteye, like, doing more hits against Paul. But, yeah, I think you brought up a good point, Jay, about the final fight. You know, I think Paul is such a master with the Chris knife and the feints within feints within feints. Like, it's such an effective fighting style. And Paul is such an accomplished fighter. And, you know, all this foresight would help him. But I still have to go with Sir Nighteye. I think I'm going to go with what Sean said. I'm going to go 7 out of 10. And I think... There's a couple reasons. I think uh, Nighteye's foresight is going to be more practical. I think beat for beat, it'll uh, help him out detect all the things. I think his range; he has range, whereas Paul doesn't. I think the the stamps or the seals, like we've seen characters get hit by those and go through, like make an impact crater in a wall. I've, I don't think Paul is going to tank many of those, and I don't think he's has like we've seen the accuracy Nighteye throws those with, and I, I just think that'll do uh, Paul in. I keep going back to. Night i training with deku and him just toying around with you know a similarly aged character obviously deku and paul have gone through different things but i just think sir nightai's been around the block i think he'll see what's coming and plan ahead for that i mean even without the foresight it's pretty stated that nightai is a certified genius and so i think he'll come up with a strategy he'll adapt to a strategy whereas Paul I think will depend on a strategy going in and I don't think he'll adapt as well as Night Eye so I'll, I'll I'm going with uh Night Eye 7 out of 10
0: yeah I hear you there I and I don't think this is too surprising I've I've been trying to find a way for Paul I really have <laughs> I just because like the 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 precognition of the Dune universe just seems so so intangible, I, I think it's just hard to, it's hard to put a value on it, but I do think it's extremely valuable, but it, it, you're right. It's hard to go against the experience of Sir Night Eye And I mean, in the end, I am going to go with Sir Night Eye because I do think it's the right decision. I'm a little less confident than either of you. I would go six out of 10 times just because I think Paul has the ability to, if he sees into the future and, you know, can predict the conditions or, you know, he sees the impact coming from across the room as he starts flinging the stamps and he's able to dodge them. You know, like it, we, we've seen him do similar things, you know, within the fights that do happen in Dune. But you're right. They are far less plentiful. They're less obvious They're less concrete. I feel bad because I feel like it's just going to kind of come down to a universe versus a universe. You know, one that's designed for fighting, one that's not. It's a conversation that we have a lot on this show. But yeah, I do think that Sir Nighteye is the, is the correct decision with 6 out of 10. And that does mean Sir Nighteye is going to be moving on in the tournament to the second round. He's going to be facing the winner of last week's matchup where we talked about Batman versus Tarzan. So if you haven't... <laughs> yeah what What? it's it's okay to laugh sean it's okay (laughs) Uh, if you uh, haven't caught that episode make sure you go back and listen
2: i i gotta now i feel like i have a i might have a sneaking hunch
0: who won (laughs) hmm hmm I don't know what you're talking about, Sean. (laughs) We're purely impartial here on Super Bracket Bros. We will not (laughs) indicate one way or the other.
2: Yep, yep, yep.
0: (laughs) Before we wrap things up today, Sean, I want to give you the floor a little bit. Tell us more about Anime Out of Context and where people can find out more.
2: Well, you can head on over to whatever podcasting platform you prefer on. We're on just about every single one. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, oh, wherever, really. Uh, Like you said at the beginning, we talk about anime. My co-host is a bit of a cynical prick, so he makes a lot of us very (laughs) upset about our favorite shows. Uh, He does have some very good points uh, most of the time. And sometimes he has points that just make me sad. Don't listen to the Girl and Log On episode if you love that show near and dear to your heart because it'll, like me, make you cry. (laughs) But if you enjoy uh, banter between two friends who have known each other for a long time, uh, broken hearts, talking about anime, as well as trying to figure out if you want to watch a show or not, uh, then you can come and check us out. We are Anime Out of Context, and we would love to have you.
0: You know... If they're listening to Super Bracket Bros, which is between two guys that have been friends for a really long time and they want show recommendations about things they've never seen before, then I think you're going to like anime out of context. So I could not recommend it more. And Sean, thank you so much for taking the time to come on today's show. I really appreciate it. Oh, it was a blast, man. I love
2: talking nerd shit like this. It's so good.
0: Well, just in case you want to catch up with Super Bracket Bros, you can find us on Facebook, where you can see all the brackets, where you can see where all your favorite characters, or where all the characters you've heard so far and how they're doing in the tournament. If you want to vote on all of these matchups, make sure you follow us on Instagram, where we post polls every single week, and we're going to be going over the results of those polls once we get into the second round of the tournament, so you're not going to want to miss out on that. But without further Ado, Eli, do you have anything else for the people? I must not fear Stamps. Stamps is the mind
1: killer. Stamps is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face the
0: Stamps. Thank you so much for having joined us on Super Bracket Bros. On behalf of myself, Jay, my co-host Eli, and our fantastic guest today, Sean, remember, no true hero is a one-trick pony.